Hi, this is Esther, and you're listening to the Sometimes Always Book Club. We are reading Watchmen by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. This is Chapter 3, The Judge of All the Earth. guys, Rorschach is kind of an asshole. I keep bringing it up, and it seems to be a theme of mine at this recording. I will tell you that I have a cousin, a young cousin, who was completely obsessed with Rorschach to the point where he wore a Rorschach Mm. mask. (laughs) Wow. How old was he? 16. (laughs) Oh, no. Mm. Carrying it around in his pocket everywhere he went. Wow. Hell yeah. I mean, I get 16. Oh my gosh. When I was first reading this, I was like, yeah, Rorschach, he's he's like the one true good guy. That being said, 16-year-old Rorschach cousin ended up robbing the Wendy's, so... Uh, with the mask? With the mask? No. Uh, no this, was, this was later. We don't know that. Well, that's true. We don't know that. We don't know that. No, he is he is the person who robbed the Wendy's. Okay, we're back with chapter three. All right, we're back to Watchmen, where we watch men and man watches. Today I'm wearing a 1965 Rolex oubliette. How we on today? In this chapter, oh. we're introduced to everyone's favorite thing, Tales from the Black Freighter. I understand that there's thematic relevance, <laughs> but I feel like I would have liked it more if it were its own separate contained maybe excerpt at yeah. the end. We are introduced to Tales of the Black Freighter, as well as the newspaper vendor and the kid. We learn their names later, but right now they're just the vendor and the kid. Or young man. I don't know how old he is. We learn more about Dr. Manhattan's relationship with Lori and Lori's relationship with Dan. The opening images of a fallout shelter sign, which I think is some very brilliant foreshadowing, but more on that later. A young man reads a comic book called Tales of the Black Freighter at a newspaper stand while the vendor talks to him and makes conversation with the people who buy papers and magazines. In the first few pages, we see a sign showing a missing writer, which is a weird thing to put on a missing sign, (laughs) like a missing person. Who's to blame for this missing writer? (laughs) Also, how sick is Dick? (laughs) That's in there a bunch. Like, I mean, we've seen it in... Well, I have. Obviously, you didn't. In a lot of the newspapers yep. before, it says that, that Richard Nixon is sick or has a heart operation. This one says he, after his third operation. A truck in the background is filled with fallout shelter signs and workers are putting them on the building. <laughs> Just on any building. Just, <laughs> they are. Yeah. 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 Like down the street in a row. In Just case the message clarify, wasn't received. The missing writer isn't a poster. It's a magazine. So there's enough missing writers to have like a monthly? <laughs> this week is Jack Kerouac. I think this is good world building with the fallout shelter signs and the workers putting them on the building like in a row and in the background. There's not really a lot of attention called to it. So it's kind of a cool thing. The whole Tales of the Black Freighter thing, it kind of goes back and forth. I mean, we know this. And if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you've read the graphic novel. So you know this too. It goes back and forth with the dialogue and the pictures. And it kind of mirrors what's happening in the real world. And vice versa. It's kind of interesting the way it's done. It's one of those things that people either love or they hate, though. Some people think it's 
awesome and amazing. Other people think that it's unnecessary and, and goes on too long. I'll reserve full judgment until I've seen all of it. <laughs> but I, I am going to obviously have indicated that I'm not on the love train right now. But I, I, wouldn't, I would say hate is a strong word for how I feel about it currently. See, I don't think it's bad. I don't know. It's, I do like it, though. It, like, it serves its purpose, yes. I have come around on it. That, even every time I've read this, I've been like, mm, just <laughs> like flip through it and like, okay, I get it. But like now and now that I've sat down and been like, okay, what purpose does this serve? It was like, okay, I get it. it especially this conversation here with the newsman and the kid, it really does kind of show you exactly who this character is because it contradicts him at every point and it shows you how full of shit he is like and how oh i see everything and you can kind of get that through context but this really shows you how absolutely blind this man is yes so also it's very much the perspective of the kid sitting on the corner because he has to pay attention to two things or choose to pay attention to one thing exactly and while he's reading it just like the reader is doing yeah yeah that's kind of what i always got from it too is that we're kind of experiencing this from his point of view so we're kind of hearing the newspaper vendor and the people around him while he's reading this story it's much like if you're reading a book in a public place it's the Mm -hmm. same thing you're gonna get that mix of story and and what's going on it's weird i guess i have kind of the opposite point of view in the sense of for this kid the words coming from this vendor guy are white noise he wants to concentrate on tales of the black freighter and you know there's this guy just bugging him and you know all these other sounds around that he's trying to block out whereas for me while i'm reading this i'm looking at the story of watchmen so far and like trying to see this stuff that's happening in the quotes real world and the white noise for me has been tales of the black freighter that means you're the old man (laughs) (laughs) that's fair I'll, I'll, i'll i'll take that I think it's I think it's really, really smart and I do like it. I think this is an example of sometimes I feel the book wants to impress me more than it wants to enchant mm-hmm. me. And to me this is an example of that where I think Moore is so good at technique and so good at formalism that he can't help taking you out of the story sometimes because you're you're like, Wow, look at this thing he's doing, it's so impressive. Tales of the Black Freighter is an in-book comic being read by the young man at the newsstand. It opens with a man who's the only survivor after his ship and crew are defeated by the Black Freighter. And he is left for dead on the beach. The story is told while switching back and forth between the comic and the news vendor, or the world of the news vendor, the real world. Uh, meanwhile, the news vendor is concerned about the mounting nuclear threat and expresses these concerns to the boy with the comic and to the man with the sign reading The End is Nigh from Chapter 1. As kind of as it goes on, really to anyone who comes up to the newsstand, he starts talking about this. He just kind of goes on and on and on. It's really all he talks about. <laughs> You know, since we just noticed that they have the uh, monthly magazine for missing writers, <laughs> that is the magazine he's purchasing. The, the Frontiersman. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the new, new Frontiersman. Yes, that's the... Is uh, the missing yes, writing magazine. that's right. That's the right-wing newspaper, or the right-wing magazine. Yeah. So, are they making the writers disappear? Well, I mean, they're Bob, going spoilers. somewhere. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. But just again, saying. there's enough of them to have a monthly... <laughs> This particular person's interest in that story makes sense, considering <laughs> what we just learned from Malik about what yes. he was saying the comedian's last words were. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. there's like well, writers and artists and shit on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I take it back. It's not even a monthly. I save it for you every day, he says. Meanwhile, Lori and John are in bed together, and she realizes <laughs> that he's created copies of himself to have sex with her while he is out working in the lab. Every girl's dream. She is not <laughs> into this at all. What She's... the heck? Another reason why I don't like her. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a great time for everybody to talk about consent. You can yes. clone yourself, but you need to talk to your partner about it first. What is the issue? 
does he feel what his copies feel? Because holy yeah. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Do that while I'm at work. Busting while you're also like <laughs> fixing you're in a up board the meeting. Okay, screen. gentlemen, if you look at the say, oh my god, <laughs> oh shit, oh god. <laughs> you know he was like, this bitch is gonna love this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's coming in the bedroom. <laughs> I like the strategically placed speech bubbles too. When um, yep. yes. there, one of the other things is like the like to go back to Black Freighter really quick. Like the end one is like him with his hands on the thing and yes, then yeah. transitions over to her face. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the line is I could not love her as much as she loved me. And then it there's also similarities to the love of the main character for of the guy from Black Freighter and the mast to uh Dr. Manhattan and Lori. Because it's mm-hmm. like she's her his guiding light, of course. Like he or she keeps him sane through all of this and it's like his last touch of humanity and it's same with the mast and the Black Freighter guy. I love that. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I like that transition, too, with the hands on the the figurehead of the mast uh, going over to his hands on Lori's face. We transition to a woman giving an interview to the Nova Express about her relationship with John and how he left her for someone much younger. She's bitter and wants him to feel what she felt. She's also extremely sick and has to stop the interview because of uncontrollable coughing. Lori goes to Dan, who's having his lock repaired by the Gordian Knot Lock Company, the result of Rorschach's breaking and entering. She tells him that she's left John and that she only knows superheroes and doesn't know where else to go. I quickly would like to draw attention to when she's uh, traveling through the city and there's that giant... I'm going to call it neon. I don't think it's neon, but like the billboard behind mm-hmm. her. When yeah. she, the nostalgia, again, kind yeah. of hovering over her yeah. in particular. Obviously, there's there's great relevance to that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And it's by Vite. I actually missed yeah. that the first time. I didn't realize that that was uh, an Ozymandias thing. Yeah, he's got his hands on like literally everything. And yeah. like, like he's the guy for He was 50 yeah. Cent before 50 Cent. Dude, yes. Yeah, he was Bezos Soldier before Bezos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we have kind of a back and forth here between what John is doing and then what Lori's doing. So John is shown putting on a suit, like it's sort of floating onto him. It's kind of cool. And teleporting to a television studio. Um, He's told his skin is too light for television, so he darkens it and becomes like a very vibrant blue color, as opposed to his nice uh, periwinkle. Back a bit. um, Dan's getting his lock fixed, and that was... I was led astray with that. (laughs) I thought that he the lock guy was like a bad guy at one point because yeah. he showed up in two different instances of like I don't know he I showed he was... up in two different instances of Rorschach breaking the door mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind yeah. Of, yeah I think it's a comic relief yeah it's kind a comic of, relief but also he's like, like in the dark and it's like from... who's it is that guy why yes. didn't we meet him is yeah. he actually this other person but he's not no he's the lock <laughs> guy this ain't Star Wars nobody gets, not everybody gets an action figure right? <laughs> <laughs> I really want that Gordian not action figure that guy was awesome he's very rare <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, it, it should be we should take a moment to also kind of talk about while Lori's talking about um, you know what what happened with John she's driving home another point that like the comedian had raised earlier about how he's how Dr. Manhattan seems to be out of touch with humanity yes. in totality and how that's you know upsetting to her but also with her words being overlaid you kind of see how 
when she's saying something, this is probably how he's reacting. And then you cut to what he's doing. And it's more or less correct. It's more or less accurate in yes. terms of like how he's dispassionately handling this what would be upsetting experience for other people. Yeah, he's just yeah. kind of doing whatever. A really nice touch, too, is um, he's trying to get her sugar for the coffee and he dumps it out and there's only one sugar cube. <laughs> and you're like, where did those sugar cubes go? Well, if you go back to chapter one, yeah. <laughs> on page 11, Rorschach is shoveling them into his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Dan, another panel that we don't see is just like shaking his fist. Like, Rorschach! <laughs> I think it was in the original. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Laurie walks with Dan to his weekly evening with Hollis, and they are attacked by a gang known as Not Tops uh, in an attempted mugging. They fight back. Just that name, like... It makes me think of like those street gangs where they're just like snapping. And it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a warrior's game, yeah, exactly. you know, the not tops. <laughs> they got we jumped have, by the Jets. We yeah. have man buns. That's our thing. They're not the top. <laughs> not to be confused with the four tops. Yes. Yeah, that's what Lori and Dan fight back and are able to overpower their attackers because unbeknownst to their attackers, they both have physical training and know how to fight. The rush of it is very exciting for them. Intimate. That actual that scene is almost sexual in some ways. Mm -hmm. with them standing next to each other after this and it's uh and then they kind of look away quickly but it, it has a, a definite there's a charge to it for sure an afterglow if you will absolutely oh. and then she smokes her crack cigarette yes <laughs> like you do and, just, and like the whole thing from when she arrives to dan until that moment everything it goes between it goes from her telling dan and like you know talking about dr uh dr manhattan and then his interview corresponds with the whole fight, and then that moment ends it, like where where she's like smoking a crack cigarette, and then that's like where it ends, where it all just like where all those. Oh, actually, no, it isn't. But at the <laughs> end, when they when they split up, that's when it ends. The tension rises at yeah. the same time in both. Yeah, days. it's so cool to like see that like correspond. Just like when I was like reading it, I was just like, mm -hmm. oh my god, oh my god, that's so cool, that's so cool. Like I had never even noticed that before. I I'm kind of kind of like picking up on right now based off like. The other stuff I've been covering in all these uh, these episodes that we've filmed so far. Um, we're not filming anything. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just talking into nothingness. Well, then why did I put on makeup? <laughs> I was going to ask Andrew the same thing. <laughs> I'm kind of noticing, like I, I've been bringing up a lot about Rorschach and how he presents himself and sees himself in the you know conflicts with reality yes. there. And I'm, I notice a little bit the same thing happening with Doctor Manhattan where. Uh, we often do see in story like instances of him being detached from both emotion and humanity. But as the fight that is happening with Dan Lori escalates, there's some escalation with his interview where people are starting to throw a bunch of questions at him, a bunch of accusations. Yes. And he, he actually handles it emotionally, which yeah. is very different than how he's been presented so far. So there I, is. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something in that that I don't really want to get into like a. Yeah. Um, that I actually didn't pick up on until I read it like maybe the third time of what's actually going on in that scene because there's more to it than mm. just what is being said. Okay. So at the interview, the reporter from the Nova Express asks John about his former colleague, a guy named Wally Weaver, who died of cancer, and then goes on to ask about Edgar Jacoby, Moloch, mm -hmm. who also has terminal cancer, as well as John's former partner, Janie Slater, who also has cancer. The reporter presses him and John becomes physically shaken at the accusation. He's pressed about the 
cancer diagnosis, as well as a situation in Afghanistan, which he says that he is not aware of. He loses his temper when the reporters mob him and teleports everyone out of the studio. Mm-hmm. So he's alone in the studio at that point and everyone is gone. I'm going to assume teleport and not... No, I think it says later that people yeah. are like visibly upset because they find themselves at their homes. Yes. I believe yes. the news footage shifts from being in that place to out, like, yes. out right. in the street. Yeah. So, um, but... And we've never seen him surprised by anything. But he can this. still teleport people? He still has his powers. He's oh. just... So I that, but I, I think that's making... what's happening here is yeah. that he is confused because this is the only time or the first time I should say that we see him confused or uncertain about anything. Yeah. Okay. Presentation versus reality mm-hmm. where, like I said about Rorschach, where he, you know, has this code that he lives by. and But, you know, you see him stray from it a lot of different times and numerous times. And then we have that presentation of Dr. Manhattan being God, essentially, and, and thus separate from humanity and unable to process and show emotion and then you have this outburst so i was i was thinking i was drawing a parallel between the, those instances of like the way that the world is presented to the characters themselves and to us but then as you read and read between the lines you see the reality of it and that maybe a lot of what comes to pass later you know is, is influences that i would have thought like even mentioning janie slater would send him into some sort of reaction too like yeah, with his connection. So, I don't know. It's like it's a complicated scene, but I, I feel like a lot of what's happening there is more implied than straightforward. Okay. But I do think that it has to do with just that whole situation. I knew I should have read the whole. Thing. You don't have time to catch up. I'll, I'll take this on a little slightly weird segue. Yes. Um, to back it up just a little bit, and I knew this just hit me just now when um, when she's leaving John, when Lori's leaving John, she gets in a taxi. To go downtown. Yes. And something about that frame was was nagging at me. And if you jump ahead to page 165. Yeah. Oh, it's the the cab driver. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Again, like the sugar cubes. She has like a she has a name, a Joey or something. Yeah. 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 So much like the sugar cubes, just a little dabble. Yeah. It's like hundred pages earlier. That's her. Yeah. No, as we were going through, I like. I had to go find that. I was digging through the book. Speaking to of lesbians, the <laughs> silhouette. Yeah. yeah, she's like barely mentioned, and then it's like, oh, she got kicked out. Cause she's lesbian. Like yeah. that was and then later. She got, yeah. Then she died. Yeah. yeah. She got murdered. Yeah. Nothing good happens to lesbians in this world. No. <laughs> not in any film of art. <laughs> no. But jumping back to Joey real quick, if you look ahead at 165, and I know we're jumping ahead here, but there's on the back, this answers our question. On the back of the magazine she buys when she puts her poster up, it shows the weird cigarette, and it says, "For smoke with balls." Oh my god! <laughs> so there's your, oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. Bottom of, oh, so there's your cigarette. Oh, for okay. smoke with balls. There you for go. Smoke with balls. So their selling point is that it's balls. I'm here. Yes, I'm here for that. I'm, I'm here for that. for those kind of details. With uh, with Joey being in the cab so far. With what I've read of the tales aspect of the the comics that they have thrown in here, what I've gotten from it so far is just this idea of fleshing out the rest of the world and giving a little spotlight to regular people within this world. Mm-hmm. Given what happens later on, yeah. that context is important for it. <laughs> yeah, um, you know that because moment we to register. Yeah, yes. and, and see them interacting with each other in their mm-hmm. relationship. So as far so as, as definitely important. as far as the themes of that story, it hasn't like really clicked with me yet. But in terms of what it's accomplishing by doing that, that has been a satisfying part of the reading of it so far for me. 
After the fight, Dan and Lori go their separate ways. Lori deciding to go to a hotel and Dan going to visit Hollis, after all. Hollis tells Dan about Dr. Manhattan's freak out on TV. Dr. Manhattan returns to his lab and finds a soldier is painting a quarantine warning on the door. So John decides to go to Arizona and then to Mars and tells the soldier to relay the message. He goes to the ruin of the Gila Flats test site and retrieves a picture of a man and a woman from a destroyed building, then disappears. The black freighter guy is digging up bodies on the beach in the uh, comic. Lori returns to the lab to find that John is gone, and she has to have tests done to see if she has cancer. Dan wakes up to Rorschach giving him a newspaper announcing that Dr. Manhattan has left Earth. He points out that this means the two of them are on their own and wonders who is next. He also says he broke the new lock that Dan bought, and Dan should get a better <laughs> one next time. Oh, Rorschach. I think he's got something in with the Gordian Knot companies. He's got like... <laughs> it's a con all along. So at the newsstand, the young man gets pissed off at the cliffhanger ending of the pirate comic, and the vendor gets the latest papers. That kid is really ungrateful, by the way. He's kind of just sitting there, and he freeloads all day, and then he complains about the material. Kids these days. Exactly. He lets the kid have the comic and gives him his cap. And then he tells him to go home to his mother and be good to her. I think, I mean, obviously he's worried about the nuclear threat and he's, you know, worried about everyone's life. So he wants this kid Mm -hmm. to to be okay. His paper shows that the Russians have invaded Afghanistan, which is weird because that's a situation in Afghanistan that Dr. Manhattan wasn't aware of. Right. Am I I misremembering the line? Yeah, it's not that he doesn't know about it, right? He just doesn't think it's important enough for him to deal with. I think he says, like, as far as I know, there is no situation in Afghanistan requiring my attention. Requiring my attention. That's what I think he says. I, I think that is him being so sort of zen. And that could be from, yes. That yeah. could be too. His attention, plural. Oh, his attention. Or could just be that political speak too. Yeah, I was gonna say that like truth, not truth, kind yeah. of thing, where it's like if you read the sentence by itself, it's accurate. But so Dr. Manhattan goes to Mars while the president, that would be Nixon, and his advisors are in the Situation Room discussing the increasing tensions with Russia and what would happen in the event of a nuclear war. John stares at the picture of the man and woman and contemplates the situation. The chapter ends with a Bible quote. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Genesis 18.25. And then we have more from Hollis Mason's Under the Hood where he's talking about kind of the novelty of superheroes wearing off by the 50s and they kind of become a joke and nobody's taking them seriously. Sally marries her manager and has Lori, gets divorced very quickly. And how the comedian, even though vigilanteism and superheroes were kind of on their way out, the comedian's career continued because he became sort of a government symbol and started doing stuff with them. Again, I may be potentially stumbling into something that could be revealed down the line, but when I was reading this section, I kind of developed, at as of the point of where I've been at in reading, I'll call a fan theory, where it feels like... With Hooded Justice, because they leave a lot of ambiguity with who he was Mm -hmm. and how he could have died and his association with the Reds, I kind of started thinking like maybe that the comedian had something to do with it because of that confrontation that he had had with uh, Silk Spectre that maybe maybe there could have been legitimacy to the Reds thing and maybe that gave him, air quotes, authority to handle it the way he wanted to or maybe he even potentially framed him to give him that sense of being able to exact his revenge on that guy. Well, there's it's one of those things that's kind of left unsolved sure okay in some ways i mean there's speculation they mm-hmm. talk about but hooded if you justice. Write an, yeah but if you write an essay on it it might convince me like <laughs> well they talk about hooded justice maybe being you know expressing uh nazi sympathizing ideas 
and they talk about him his possibly being this circus strongman named Rolf Mueller mm-hmm. and that a body washed up mm-hmm. that could have been him or maybe wasn't him. And then this all gets into this whole other thing with the HBO series. So if you consider the HBO series canon, then it goes in a completely different direction okay. with what with who Hooded Justice is and where he came from and his entire story. And that's just a whole other thing. It'd be worth watching. Oh, it is. <laughs> really want to, man. Um, do it. Watchmen been, viewing party. I know you should because yeah. we have to talk about it eventually. I it last week. It's so worth it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who's okay. got HBO? So, um, yeah. So that's pretty much all that is. It's kind of the end of the era of the superhero and he talks about how you know he retires and kind of passes the night owl name and idea onto dan so as far as the characters go right now we have the news vendor who's worried about the threat of nuclear war and talks about it with pretty much everybody gives the young man a comic book and offers him his cap kind of a nice guy comic book kid whatever kind of an ungrateful little shit honestly um <laughs> we'll call him that the end is nigh guy really wants that latest issue of the new frontiersman he's also convinced the world is ending soon because of a two-headed cat that was born in queens Lori is not in the best place emotionally relationship is strained uh, due to serious communication issues <laughs> is there a point in this book that she's in the right place emotionally maybe the end briefly John distracted distant unable to truly connect with other people we see him lose control for the first time ever in this chapter we see him yeah lose control and confused and unsure Janie Slater is dying bitter and angry it's okay she has her, she has her crack that's true yeah <laughs> Jan wants to connect with Lori but doesn't know how to do that fighting with the muggers sparks a connection between them. Rorschach is convinced there's a mask killer and Dr. Manhattan going to Mars is further proof that someone wants them all gone. He's very smug about this and he's broken two of Dan's door locks at this point. <laughs> and ate all the sugar cubes. And ate all the sugar cubes. Probably all his beans. <laughs> I, I really love that like Rorschach sucks so hard as like a person, but he's kind of a great detective. Like he's he's <laughs> able to like really kind of nail it down and all the way throughout the He this definitely thing. knows something isn't right, and even though everybody tells him that he doesn't know what he's talking about, he persists because he's just convinced he has that so gut determined. feeling or whatever. I think yeah, he, yeah I, I was gonna say I think he's talented in having good theories and hypothesis, but in terms of like execution of what's been displayed so far, oh, it's awesome. just going into a place and breaking some fingers and going like, do you know something? And so as far as technique beat up an old man. Like yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, some you just have to do you, you know what's right for the situation. You get the work in. <laughs> just, just I think Rorschach is just really lucky at this point that someone yeah. yeah. is falling on the right clues. I don't know. He... That's kind of how I feel, honestly. He's, I think he's more like I... a spider that can feel all the little twinges yeah. of the web. He around. seems to know what's going on better than anybody else, and it's kind of funny because he reads the trashiest newspaper, and it's like he reads like this awful right wing like. That's like, what the truth is. It, yeah, of <laughs> course. The right? new frontier. Yeah. <laughs> the news frontiers. <laughs> is it's the greatest gazette on the stand no it's like you know he reads this trash and he gets it's kind of like this men in black thing where they pick up all the the, the national uh, inquirer and stuff and it's like <laughs> like oh no this is real kind of thing <laughs> but he knows like, he has that instinct but he's so disaffected from humanity and from being a people that he doesn't do it well <laughs> so it's like his methods suck but he's that is the new right. best line from being a people, <laughs> people you know episode title yeah. <laughs> well maybe, maybe yeah. he's able to get in that mindset because that's the type of person he's dealing with are people that yeah. are kind of devoid of humanity so since he's been in that mindset for a long time it allows him to think in that way that would allow him to narrow down 
either clues or leads or whatever to lead him to this type of person because yeah. he already is that type of fire. Yeah, just a, fire. yeah, just a real Bane type situation. Like, you know, I was born in the dog. Born in the dog. One thing we should touch on is the fact that although the, the relationship is so strange in the sense that Dr. Manhattan is so alien in some ways, it's also a really believable relationship. Which is kind of a great thing that Moore has done there. Well, I feel he's done that through all those characters. He takes these somewhat despicable characters, broken characters, unreliable characters, but he treats them in such a way that is absolutely true to their way of thinking, their psychology. And, and able to do that, like, not just through the way they talk, but also even just through, like, the Black Freighter. There's tons of ways, like, like the, the freighter was almost upon them. Who would care for them now that I was gone? Talking about Dr. Manhattan, and it's yes. like, and you see that final frame, like, one of my favorite pieces of art in this whole thing, besides the end, where it's just him looking up, and, he's just, and he has, like, this worried look. Like, for the first time in this whole book, you just see this mask of just uncertainty, and he's like, did I do the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Shit. <laughs> like, Superman doesn't even know what to do here, and it's it's kind of amazing it's funny it, he is kind of it's almost like this reductio ad absurdum sort of thing in terms of a, a bad boyfriend right like it's not <laughs> the idea of a boyfriend who's distant and tries to connect with his girlfriend but doesn't really know how that's not that absurd but it's, it's such a different level like he cares about copies. these too right. i don't know what stimulates you yeah <laughs> i'm trying to please right. you more. would you like 12 fingers <laughs> i can make 12 fingers you had to stop and count <laughs> we saw that i wish we had video edited it both <laughs> i was gonna say it's funny you brought superman into it because the line i was going to use at the end of the last chapter actually still applies because i i, I felt and I continue to feel like, and I think this was Moore's point, is we have destroyed the classic Superman and dragged it through the gutters of the real modern world. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Then for chapter... What was that? Three? <laughs> you had to stop and think about it. I did have to stop and think about it. That's it for chapter three. We will be back next time with chapter four, which is my favorite chapter. Oh, Mine too. I'll actually. say it again uh, then. So. I'm with you on that. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <All> right. <laughs> Until next time. Say.